Hey guys, so the 2020 NFL DFS season is right around the corner. By the looks of it, we will at least begin the season in some capacity, so we will definitely have a week one as it uh, seems. So I am putting together a 2020 NFL DFS season primer. It will be five episodes and all of the content for the most part you probably have already heard on this podcast at some point or another. Uh, I went back. Um, I did a, a few episodes during the you know the beginning of the COVID nineteen shutdown. Um, I did some episodes last year, the year before that. Um, basically, what it looks at is a ton of millionaire maker trends, cash line trends, ownership, um, how the chalk does, how the Uber chalk does double up cash lines, things like that. Uh, But over the next few days, I will be just reposting some of that content to get everybody ready for the 2020 NFL DFS season. Now, because this information has been pulled from podcasts that happened, you know, a month ago, three months ago, a year ago, uh, all the information is still vitally important to the 2020 NFL DFS season. I went through all the podcasts, cut out things that uh, didn't apply anymore. Um, but there may be, you know, I may reference COVID-19 or the shutdown at, at some point within the podcast, or I may reference, you know, it may sound like I, I, I never even heard of COVID-19. That means the podcast happened a little bit before uh, March of this year. But I went through, edited out anything that I didn't think was important to 2020, cut and pasted the most important stuff, added some new stuff, and came out with a five-episode series that will get you ready for the 2020 NFL DFS season. So I hope you enjoy. Let's get into the episode. You are listening to The Riding NFL DFS Podcast with Pat James. Episode 5, which is going to discuss the Uber Chalk. And what I mean by that is players owned over 30%. I broke them into three buckets, over 30% owned, over 40% owned, and over 50% owned. And this is different than Episode 3. Episode 3, I talked about the most highly touted players. Um, so I broke that down. Basically, um, the the top owned three or four players at a position and how they fared, how... Uh, they were touted. That was based on fanshare sports tags, right? The most talked about um, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Sometimes the the highest owned quarterback on the slate was 18%. Or sometimes the highest owned running back on the slate uh, or wide receiver on the slate was only like 22% or, or something like that on average. Um, so that wasn't considered uber chalk. Uber chalk is those weeks where, you know, Mike Evans is hurt. And Chris Godwin is 45% owned in double ups and 35% owned in cash games because, you know, obviously people think that he'll see an increase in targets or, you know, James Conner gets hurt. Jalen Samuels is 4K and is going to be the starting running back for the Steelers. He was like 75% owned in double ups that week at 4K and ended up smashing for 20 DK points, 5Xing his salary. So basically what I looked at was how does the uber chalk do? And you know when these guys are going to be uber chalk, right? There's an injury or there's some type of pricing gaffe or something happens. Somebody gets traded away midseason. 
you know when these players are going to be 30, 40, 50% on. Christian McCaffrey has four 35-point fantasy games in a row, and his price isn't budging because the, the algorithm just isn't allowing him to go over 9.5K or whatever it was that one week. So you know when there's players that are going to be 30, 40, and 50% owned um, for the most part. Sometimes there's a surprise, um, but when when someone's going to be uber chalk, when someone's going to be owned in, in more than half of double ups and you know 30 plus percent in GPPs, you know uh, kind of the writing is on the wall before that week begins that that's going to be the case. So let's take a look at 30% owned players, 40% owned players, and 50% owned players in 2019 and how often they hit 3x, 4x, and 5x value. Okay, so 30% owned players across the entire 2019 season hit 3x value 68% of the time. What does this tell me? When a player is going to be uber chalk, like Jalen Samuels was, I believe it was, in week nine. Like Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas started to be, you know, when they their salaries weren't really going up too much uh, in the beginning part of the season, even though they were scoring 30 DraftKings points here and there, the algorithm just didn't catch up to them. They were very chalky in that in those first few weeks of the season. When Kyle Allen is going to Arizona and playing an up-tempo Cardinals team with Cam Newton injured. He's 4K. He needs 12 DraftKings points to meet value. He he blew up. He almost went for 30 that week. Um, those are the guys that you need to get in your cash game lineups because 70% of the time almost, they are hitting at least 3X, which if there's that many people on them, there's a reason that they're that chalky. Right, their probability of hitting three x, of hitting four x, of hitting five x, is you know exponentially increased because of some type of pricing gap. That's why they're being owned so heavily, and it's smart to put them in your cash game lineups. We also talk about how it's detrimental to not have them in your cash game lineups when they're going to be so heavily owned. Um, so say, you know, say Jalen Samuels that week, he's 4k, he opens everything up, right? You have a 4k Jalen Samuels and a 2.5k defense or, you know, a 3k defense. Your the rest of your roster is going to be boosted in terms of expectation because the average salary of every other player is a bit boosted there. Now, Jalen Samuels, 4k goes bananas. You're behind the eight ball if you don't have him in your cash game lineup, right? Because everybody else, 75, 80% of the field has this 4K player that absolutely smashed. We see a lot in NBA DFS when when an entire starting five is declared out at 5 p.m. And there is, you know, two or three guys that are between 3 and 5K that are going to perform like 6 and 7K guys. You have to get them in your lineup. If you don't and they blow up, you're behind the eight ball already because the rest of those teams, not only do they have uh, a monster score in one lineup slot at 4K like Jalen Samuels was, but now they also have more money to play with for the rest of their roster. It's just a huge advantage. And when you know someone's going to be heavily owned, you just slot them in uh, and basically play 
an eight-man lineup against everybody else. You just have to do it. Now, how often did 30% on players hit 4K value? Excuse me, 4X value. Uh, that was only 36%. And then at 5X, they hit at 20%. Now, you might think, well, that's not a great hit rate, 36%, 4X, 20%, 5X. It's still an incredibly high hit rate compared to every other player on the slate, right? So so what I would say here, judging by uh, those numbers, it's okay to fade 30% owned guys in your GPP rosters. Why is that? Well, look, they're hitting at 30, they're hitting 4X, basically a GPP uh, hit rate at 30%, right? So it's not as if these 30% owned players are hitting at 60% 4X or 60% or 50% 5X. They're actually hitting under uh, the expected percentage at 20% 5X and 36% 4X. So you could be picky there if you find guys are going to be chalky and you don't love them. You see that you think that there might be a, a reason to get off them. You found something in your research that leads you to believe everybody's on them for the wrong reason. You think somebody else might be a good pivot in the wide receiver core or another running back in the backfield you think might be getting the work. That was something that kind of arose with Jalen Samuel, right? A lot of people said, well, I'm going to pivot to Benny Snell because I think he's going to get the goal line work. I think he's going to get the work inside the 20s. Samuel's just going to catch passes in between the 20s. And a lot of people, you know, thought that that was going to be the right play. It ended up not working out for them. But those are the kind of things that can get you off of a player that's going to be heavily owned in a GPP, and that's okay. Because as we see, they only hit at 30 and 20% res- respectively when we're talking about 4Xing and 5Xing salary. So get them in your cash game lineups, but you can be picky uh, when they're in your GPP lineups. What I would say is, you know, you have to kind of take a stand. Um, sometimes I like to lock in those type of guys, right? Because if you think um, a 40% on player is going to absolutely smash, to have an advantage on the field, to have more outs in, than the field, you're going to have to get them in more than 40% of your lineups. So obviously that might be 60, 80, even locking them in. And that's just something that you have to weigh based on how strong of a GPP play you think they are. owned players um, took me by surprise a little bit. So they hit, the 40% players hit 3x 50% of the time, which was less than the 30% owned players. Um, Strange a bit uh, that 40% owned players were a bit uh, worse off than 30% owned players. And then at 4x, they were 42% hit rate. And then at 5x, not one 40% owned player hit 5x in 2019, which was very surprising to me. And then if we move on to five, uh, 50% owned players, there was only three in all of 2019 who averaged 50% across uh, all GPP lineups. And those three players hit 3x two-thirds of the time, 4x two-thirds of the time, and 5x two-thirds of the time. So of those three players, two of them smashed one did not end up paying off salary. A little bit too small of a sample size to come to any conclusions there. Uh, But overall, what I will say about these uber chalk players um, is something that I 
you know, I kind of just said, but I'll sum it up here. You want them in your cash game lineups, right? These guys that are going to be 30, 40, 50% owned, there's a reason that a plurality of lineups are going to have them uh, as their cash game plays. In some cases, a majority of lineups are going to have them as their cash game plays. It's because they are priced incorrectly. There's a very strong chance that they are going to 3x, 4x, 5x their salary. When it comes to tournaments, you have to weigh them on uh, a case-by-case basis. I remember back in 2015, one of the first slates of the college basketball season, DraftKings accidentally priced a player who was supposed to be $6,000 as $600. He was an Ohio State player. I almost want to say it was Kata Bates-Diop long, long ago. I, I could be completely off on that, but he was only $600, and, you know, that's an absolute lock there. That's If we're talking about that big of a pricing gaff, absolute lock, lock button, uh, that player, and then just figure out the rest of your lineup, even in GPPs, because that's just too much. The fact, one bucket, and he was going to 3X his, his salary. Um, so that was something that, you know, if it's that big of a gaff, you just have to lock them in. Um, some things that I can recall, you know, the DraftKings was really, really hesitant to price up Tyler Higby those first couple of weeks that he smashed. And I lock buttoned him in a lot of GPPs uh, because I thought he had a really good shot of hitting five, six, seven, eight X. Uh, yes, even eight X because he was only like three, uh, three something. And he was really being heavily targeted uh, in that middle to late part of the season. Then there's guys like, you know, I remember the week that I qualified for the King of the Beach, I pivoted off Christian McCaffrey and went to Michael Thomas because I thought Michael Thomas was going to be a little bit less owned. They were the same price point. uh, But I thought Michael Thomas had a good shot of outperforming Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey was about 38% owned in the King of the Beach uh, tournament, and uh, Michael Thomas was only about 28% owned, something like that. I I remember that I I, I made the right call in the fact that Thomas was lesser owned, and I almost made the right call in the fact that Thomas was going to outscore him. I know this has been debated on this podcast before, uh, but, you know, Carolina was getting absolutely trucked by four touchdowns and they were still trotting McCaffrey out there the second last series of the game with like five minutes left the last series of the game with like two minutes left and he racked up like 15 PPR points he was gonna Thomas was gonna almost double him up in fantasy points and I was gonna be on my way to a big payday um but unfortunately they let McCaffrey catch like 10 balls in the last two series and he ended up outscoring Thomas so it ended up not being the correct play and I was very salty about that for a few weeks dropped me to like 80th instead of being up in the top 10 or whatever of the king of the beach but those are the decisions that you are going to have to weigh when you have these uber chalk players Uh, moral of the story though get them into your cash lineups decide on a case-by-case basis if you need to be overweight or underweight uh, on them in gpps you are listening to the riding NFL DFS podcast with Pat James.